Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number seven. Hello, Adamantmaniacs, and happy Valentine's Day. Uh, if you're lucky enough to have someone special in your life, I hope you have some nice plans uh, for this evening. And if not, well, then we can spend it together listening to the podcast. And I promise to love and cherish you always for it. This week on the podcast, we have Tyler Kite, who, if you're a 90s kid like myself, you'll remember from the television show Popular Mechanics for Kids with uh, Alicia Cuthbert and Jay Baruchel. But Tyler is also the lead singer and frontman for Toronto's uh, most well-known cover band, Dwayne Gretzky. Dwayne has, they kind of have like a rotating uh, lineup, which includes members from like July Talk and Danko Jones. If you've never seen Dwayne, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's always a really fun night. They do usually they do Halloween parties and New Year's parties, as as well as several you know residencies and uh, showcases across the city. You know, nostalgia is a very powerful tool, and it's 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 always just so entertaining because that's kind of what Dwayne is all about. The band is uh, currently touring in the northeastern United States. So if you're listening from that area, uh, I'd recommend checking them out. You can go to www.dwaynegretzkyband.com to see if they're coming to your town. Uh, they'll also be doing three shows at Toronto's Horseshoe Tavern, where they'll be doing 99 songs across three nights, and that's from February 22nd to 24th. If you can get your hands on a ticket, I would definitely recommend it. But before we get into the interview, I just want to remind you that you can now listen to the Adamantium podcast on Aesthetic Magazine. That's www.aestheticmagazinetoronto.com. Uh, I got to experience my first Marilyn Manson concert this week for Aesthetic, which was definitely an interesting experience, but I had a really good time and the music was good. I was kind of surprised by how normal-ish the crowd was, and there was a lot of chicks there. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. You can read more about it on AestheticMagazineToronto.com, and uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. It's The Adamantium Podcast on Facebook, at The Adamantium on Instagram, and at Adam R. Harrison on Twitter. Uh, all right, let's get into the interview. Here's episode seven with Tyler Kite. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I reached out to you because I'm a fan of Dwayne Gretzky myself, as we were just talking about before. I've been to a few of your shows, um, and uh, yeah, it was, I was thinking of people I could reach out to, and uh, yeah, and uh, you were you were pretty uh, accepting of, of doing this. So thank you very again. Um, but why don't you explain to me how how kind of Dwayne Gretzky came together? Because you guys are kind of like this mix mishmash of like working musicians and uh, at times you guys have, have different lineups if I'm not mistaken yeah so we are uh, we have a rotating um, band um, we play cover music um, yeah on every, any given night we're about 10 people usually mm-hmm. um, and it's you know I guess it's been seven years that we've been playing around Toronto and it never started as something that we put together to try and do what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, it just kind of fell it, in that way. Yeah. It just kind of happened a little bit. So I guess it started, um, I was playing in a band called sweet thing. Okay. Um, I was the drummer in the band and we were, 
gigging a lot and touring a lot and um, when we would hang out and just have hang hang times watching the Leaf game and I have uh, I have my dog here right now he's running around <laughs> um, watching the Leaf games and stuff we would jam and we would play music and I wouldn't play drums because I was always playing drums so it was an opportunity for me to sing did you start as a drummer um, I kind of learned guitar and drums at the same time when okay. I was in grade eight grade nine okay um, and they were both kind of I played drums a lot just because there weren't as many drummers around yeah and there were a lot of guitar players around but um, anyways so yeah this opportunity was for me to I got to come out and sing and we got to play songs for fun so myself and Nick Rose were both in the band Sweet Thing yeah. and we are both today we we run Dwayne Gretzky okay so we were both in it from the so from you the two are kind of the guys that manage it yes okay and uh, yeah we were probably for two years three years you know building a repertoire with never playing any shows or thinking about playing any shows okay and so it was Morgan Waters was playing bass with us. He plays in the band Weaves now. Okay. Um, he's an incredible talent. He, he kind of helped really start the band in a lot of ways. Um, we have Brian Murphy, who was playing guitar with us. He plays bass with We or with um, Always. Okay. So he's traveling the world doing super well. Um, and Rich Knox, who still plays drums with us now. Yeah. He also plays drums with Danko Jones, so he's gone. Everyone in the band kind of has these other has projects own, yeah. that they can kind of come together and and do this thing. But yeah, so we played, our first show was, we were never Dwayne Gretzky, we were just this group of... Misfit musicians? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were, I yeah. think our first show we were called Mark Frazier and the Bunker Boys. Okay. Because Mark Frazier was our landlord at the time and it was his bunker, <laughs> his bunker that we would be jamming yeah. in. And he had a fundraiser for a play he did and he asked us if we would, you know, kind of play with this, yeah. this, these songs where we were playing Bruce Springsteen and uh, The Cars and Elvis Costello. So we put together yeah. a set and we played, that was actually our first show, at the Cadillac Lounge. Okay, yeah. Uh, Mark Fraser and the Bunker Boys lasted one gig. <laughs> and then we did, I booked a show at Clinton's and we called ourselves The New Twigs, which okay. is a bad name. But it's just like a new hockey stick. Right. Then you got a new twig. Yeah. And now we got a new hockey stick. So that was it. Played a show like that. Um... And it was just sort of one thing led to another to the point where we, we played a show with, with Dustin Bentall at the Dakota one time, and that's where the name Dwayne Gretzky just kind of happened, where Nick just grabbed the mic and said, we're Dwayne Gretzky. Okay. Um, and somebody... And what was the thinking? It was just because you guys are all hockey fans? or it was, He, he wasn't thinking about it at all. It's just like, it? it's just okay. a stupid thing to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, just a play on words. We're, right. I'm sure like lots of groups of people were always making puns and right. dad jokes are kind of the standard right. in our, our hangs. And so uh, that just kind of came out. It might have been something he had said before, who knows, but yeah. someone put us on YouTube from that night under the name Dwayne Gretzky. Okay. And seeing that was the first time I was like, okay, this is has legs this is yeah. this is we're a band now yeah we've got a name so so uh yeah then we started playing at the dakota regularly and things started building from there okay and how do you guys because there's so many of you and, and different how do you guys how do you guys practice well it's funny because we never practiced we never played we would just we already had our our repertoire of songs and we would just kind of play them for a long time and then the band evolved and we, we got, you know, Robin Hatch joined on keyboards, Ian Doherty on guitar, uh, Edwin Sheard on saxophone, and all of a sudden the, the band grew. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden we had Adam Hindle as an alternate percussionist. It was like, the band grew to 10 yeah. quicker than it should have. Right. Um, and, but it was just like a gig by gig basis where we would sound check any song that we hadn't played. And it wasn't really about practicing, it was okay. just about like, kind of getting together and playing these songs. So you guys have just been musicians so long that it's not... 
it's not kind of difficult for you guys to put throw a song together. I mean, everyone puts in their work at home, learning right, the songs, of course. and when you come together, it should be it should be just pretty really? much there. But as we've gone on in the years, we've challenged our repertoire, and you know, we do a '90s show once a year at the Phoenix where we learn 35 songs from the 90s that we've never played before. Okay, and we need a lot of rehearsal time for that. Yes. Okay. You know, we need at least four rehearsals to put that show together. Which and for me, most people, it's like not that, that's not that much. No, <laughs> it's, and again, the people put the work in. It's more about just the communication. Now we have three horns, three drummers, two full drum kits, um, three female singers, which is the au pairs, which is right. Jill, Lydia, and Meg, and I'll tell you about, more about them in a bit. Um, um, and it's more just like getting everyone coordinated, making sure everyone knows what they're doing, putting it right. together. You play the song. Is there anything we need to adjust? Maybe play it again, and then you just and then you move on. And what about? I imagine it's tough scheduling people with with, with all their other projects going on. I mean, it really is in, in July talk and stuff, yeah. and they're just. I mean, they've yeah, they're hitting the ground running at the moment. And oh yeah, they're great. I imagine. I imagine just that that's got to be a tough part scheduling you guys all together. So we don't have the same crew all the time. We have okay. a, a pretty consistent crew right now. Okay. Um, and there's still a few moving parts and Ian was, is one of those moving parts. Okay. Um, and we have James Robertson plays guitar with us as well. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's kind of a, he's a star in his own right as a guitar player. Yeah. So it's always a pleasure to have him. And, uh, you know, we play through a bunch of different people. We play with a bunch of different people. Um, and on drums, it's the same thing. So we have a bit of a rotating cast with, um, Rich is in and out with Danko Jones, and so Mike Brushy has been our drummer for, he's with us a lot of the time these days, and uh, yeah, you get a gig, and then you put it out to the band, and you see who's available, and yeah. then you, if someone's not, you see if you can get someone to fill their place, and hope that we can just keep this thing going. Yeah, that's great. Um, sorry, I'm distracted because of your dog's on my lap at the moment. <laughs> um... Uh, sorry, you mentioned that you you did the '90s nights with you know 35 different songs. I was on the website recently and saw you guys have an upcoming show at the Horseshoe. Yes. 99 songs over three nights. Yes. So is that going to be a theme night or just? Well, the theme is that over over three nights we don't play the same song twice. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be kind of all we're going to go all over the place. There'll be some '90s. There'll be some 2000s. There'll be okay. Some, 70s, 80s, Motown. It, it's going to be a, just a big mega mix of the okay. whole thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. It's funny. I saw, um, just thinking of that, that's two two separate, or three separate sets for you guys. There was a time I went to see the Smashing Pumpkins at Massey Hall, and they did, it was like two nights and no repeated songs. So like the two nights were completely separate. But the problem was that people were actually upset by it because... Smashing Pumpkins are so popular that they want to hear you couldn't get tickets for both nights. Oh yeah, like you were lucky to get one night. So then it was like you were missing like there's like a good ten Smashing Pumpkins songs you got to play every night. Yeah, and there was like you're only getting five of them. So people were always unhappy, and I think Billy Corgan realized like midway through that he's like, you just want to hear the hits. You just want to hear the hits. No matter what he played, yeah. And it was like some guy kept yelling Sharub Rock at him, and he was like, that's tomorrow. Oh gosh. And yeah, it was. It was bad. I remember by the end, he was just like, I wrote that song in my car anyways. It's not like, yeah, he was just not happy, not having it. Well, luckily, we only play, we only play hits. Yeah, they're that's all, it. They're all the hits. So. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of a cover band. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys ever get into like debates or arguments about what songs you want to cover or? I mean, because when we started, there was already this sort of built-in repertoire that we had worked on, sort of naturally built this set. Um, 
they were all these songs that we kind of came together on that we all kind of felt the same way about. Hey, we really like this song and, and so much that we just need to kind of learn it and play it. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of the, the foundation of this band. And to tell you the truth, these days, we play a lot of those songs still. Yeah. Um, so they've just been a part of our, they feel like our songs that we just have in, in, our, in our repertoire. And, and when we learn new songs, the process is basically between Nick and myself. People will send in suggestions, say it's a 2000s show or a Halloween show or a 90s show where there's a theme. Everyone will send their suggestions and Nick and I will, you could play all of these songs, but it's about trying to put together a night that seems cohesive. Right. Where the songs aren't stepping on each other, but they're working together. The flow, yeah. And, um, and so it's, we just, we make those decisions and then we, you know, we send our set list. There's always people are pretty good about not telling me when they really don't like a song. Okay. It'll be like after the show and we play it and it went well and they were like, oh, I'm glad that went well because I don't really like that song. Oh, really, eh? <laughs> but not okay. much of that. That's, that's all just... Yeah. That's all just fun. Everyone's yeah. got their a relationship with songs. And, and I guess you guys kind of generally have the similar taste in music. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of important. Yeah. I, I played in a cover band at one point. Literally, it was like a few months. And... I started it with the I played drums and uh, I started with a guitarist and we brought in this singer but he kind of had a completely different taste in music than us yeah and it was just this ongoing like nah, I don't want to play that song let's do this one like no I don't want to play that one let's learn this if we're gonna spend you know we'd be renting you know studio space right so it's like if we're gonna spend two hours I don't want to spend it learning that song you know <laughs> like yeah so but uh, no that's great that uh, and I mean you guys just have I mean your list of songs you've covered are. We're at, like, we're almost 600 right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. And those 600, you guys could kind of just pull out any night, eh? No, not really. Um, our brains don't hold that much at once. It's like when you study for an exam and then, you you know, you play those right. five songs and then when you're done, it kind of a lot of it, some of it sticks with you, but not all right. of it does. Um, I'd say we could probably, you know, there'd be at least a hundred songs that on any given night we could probably put together. Yeah. You know, or, or 99 over three nights. Do you ever do... Yeah, right. Do you ever do, like, uh, you know, do people ever yell out songs? I'm sure they do. Not, not much. No, really. Not much. And I, li I like that because it is... We are curating a night. Right. Um, and it's not about... We're not a we're not a request band. Yeah. We're, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's not... That's not what it is. So, um, yeah, we like to... Sometimes people... You know, I've heard a few free birds in my yeah, day. Yeah, well, that's almost... But... Like, uh, but luckily, most people are uh, respectful enough to not well, yell I that at a people, show. Well, I people, I mean, you guys, I, I feel like you guys have a bit of a crowd, too, you yeah. know, so they know what they're coming for. Exactly. Yeah. As yeah. long as we keep them entertained, they shouldn't be yelling out for something we're not doing. Right. And I mean, like you said, your, your songs are all crowd pleasers anyways. So yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, there's always a point in the night where hip will start getting chanted. Right. Hip, right. hip, hip. And, and Especially that's, recently, I'm sure. Yeah. That's, that's, there's, yeah. that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We are so in what, Canada, after all. That's true. <laughs> what, um, is there any kind of sh songs, or is there any particulars you have that are your favorite songs or genres? Or I mean, it's always, it's always different. I think the first time you play a song that really connects with the audience um, in a way that catches the band by surprise, mm -hmm. that, those are the feelings and the moments that we're looking for. You know, for example, um, we, we, we've done a sh bunch of shows on the... Um, on the river gambler on the boat in uh, in the summer we do it in july like two nights in a row where we'll go set sail on this boat and mm -hmm. and play and it's always fun and one year we did um my heart will go on by celine dion okay and it was just kind of the moment was the right moment right no one was expecting the, it yeah 
it sounded good. It was it was really fun and it's just one of those moments that you can't recreate. Right. And so when those moments happen, it's like, you know, we're not gonna play that song at every one of our shows. Like we're that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. But every once in a while you find these moments and a song really connects and it those are my favorite moments. We're trying to make those every night and you know, we usually have some of those moments every night, but they're with different songs. And sometimes yeah. you never know what it's gonna be, but you know, Under Pressure by um, Queen and Bowie is almost always impactful and emotional and satisfying for, right. for us to do. So that would be my go-to favorite. Your go-to favorite. Okay. Um, now you mentioned you, you know, you, some of the other bands you've played in, Sweet Thing. And, mm -hmm. and are you juggling multiple projects at the moment now, or are you focused kind of on... I mean, you must have a solo career, yeah. too. I so. mean, yeah, I, this, is, this has taken up all my time. And Dwayne is. Dwayne is, is yeah. my full-time project, which I'm really so grateful that it, that it is. And, um, you know, everybody in the band, they all have their own side projects. So I feel like I can kind of put all my effort into this because there are so many side projects out there. Um, I do write with a UK artist named Ryan O'Reilly. And um, we've known each other for 12, 13 years now. And we've written a bunch of songs and I've done a lot of touring with him. Mm -hmm. um, I can't really do that right now, but we, he just released a record that we wrote together and recorded in New York last spring. And it's just, just coming out right now. Okay. But he's touring that and working on that. So is that going to, is that available? You can get that yeah, on Spotify, online. iTunes. Okay. And, oh yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. And the name of the album is, uh, I can't stand the sound. Um, but yeah, everyone, Nick has his band teen ravine. Um, that's amazing. Sort of, pop duo him and dan griffin they just opened up for july talk at massey hall oh, okay and, yeah yeah um so he's got that and then the three girls that we work with um we jill harris and lydia prasad are with us for most of our gigs these days and mm -hmm. they both have solo careers okay and they both uh play in this trio with meg contini called the au pairs okay and they they're going out for a west coast tour right now right. and okay they're super busy so everyone I need to not have a side project so I can just keep this thing going. Right. Absolutely. And um, it's funny when I actually, when we connected, I was doing a bit of research and I didn't even realize that, well, I mean, your career started very young, but doing acting. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you still acting or is your career mostly focused on music now? I mean, it's pretty much full-time music right now. I... I still go up for auditions from time to time and, okay. and I, I audition for voice work more than on screen work okay. these days. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good place to get my start. Nick is also the same. Nick Rose started in, in acting as well. We have a kind of a s similar um, career path, um, which I think it's benefited us as performers because we've spent time on stage and, and uh, you know, performing. Performing, so, yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of an actor element to this whole thing i guess of course yeah and what was it what was it like growing up like i always especially for 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 people who started acting when they're kids i was wondering like, how did you manage school while you were i mean i grew up in a small town Lindsay, okay. ontario and uh i doing some of these opportunities that i had were unique and and special and for the most part i had teachers that knew that those opportunities were educational mm -hmm. and they kind of were able to, you know, let okay. me get away with a few things. But, you know, the other, I missed, you know, I got 50% in grade 10 French because I was gone for Mostly. 48 days or, right. or whatever it was. So, 
Well, because some of the shows you're in were like regular programming. Yeah. And it's it's almost it's like a full-time job. And there, there is schooling on the road. Is there? Okay. Tut- tutoring and stuff like that. Right. But, uh, sometimes that's, it's just my dad is a tutor and it's pretty loose lessons. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's interesting too because, um, I mean, your your musical tastes are very like I I find anyways they're very '90s nostalgic and that kind of. Um, I think we're roughly around the same age, so mm-hmm. it's very similar. Um, but also, same with your acting careers. When you like, when you look back, they're very '90s mm-hmm. TV shows. You know, Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark and mm-hmm. Popular Mechanics for Kids. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, when I put that like two and two together, I was like, no way. <laughs> Because uh, I used to, that was like part of my morning routine was yeah. popular mechanics for kids. Like I used to, I used to get a ride to school with my buddy down the street, and I used to get to his house early enough so we could watch PMK before. That's amazing. Like, yeah, it's fun to know that that show has had a real wide reach in this country, where people got to grow up with it and on it. And it's definitely been a real sort of honor to be able to be the person who was on that show right it's pretty fun do you have any favorite memories or episodes it's endless it's endless lots of pretty great stuff you know the the flip side of it is there was those moments when i was 16 and i was two months on the road throughout the summer where i kind of just wanted to be at home with my buddies doing what 16 year old small town kids are you know, yeah. I wasn't at any of the parties and I wasn't doing any of that stuff. So there, there was that element to it, but the, the experiences and what I got to do were, were pretty amazing. Like scuba diving and skydiving and, and, uh, just all the, all the experiences we got. It was, it was pretty unbelievable. Pretty cool. It was funny too, cause we just, it had just come up before we started recording. You were asking me who I was interviewing yesterday and I was telling you I was at a pro wrestling match Yeah, and it was funny when I was looking up like your highlight reel one of the ones was you working on WCW yeah with like in in a stadium with like guys that some some of them are actually dead now yeah and, and but one of them was a part of that horrible yeah, story yes yeah yeah Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah that's I look back on that episode it's yeah kind of it's crazy. kind of well I mean he's a very unique case that like people yeah. I mean his was so drug related that it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't even him anymore but yeah um, we did that WCW event so what was I, that I was I was like? 15 years old and we were in uh, it was in, were you a fan or like, were you just you know what like, honestly I had never watched any wrestling yeah, okay. I really hadn't yeah. so I didn't know much about it and it was we were in like Saginaw Michigan or 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 some town like that I, I, yeah. I forget what it was but I had to announce the match and as a 15 year old with this like wrestling persona, the whole thing about the episode was at the end of it. I like announced these people who were wrestling each yeah. other and then I announced the winner at the end. Yeah. And, uh, I have like a headset in and everybody's filming and it's from like a remote van outside. And so I'm just hearing the director through this and I say it, I'm like, and the winner was, or whatever it was and the crowd boos cause it was the, the bad guy who won. Okay. And you everyone's think booing you? and. But then the director was like, sorry, we didn't get that on the audio. Can you do it again? So I had to announce it again. And then they, they booed more. more. And then, believe it or not, for a third time, I had to do this thing again because they weren't able to get it. I had to announce this thing again for the third time. And it was, like, scary. Well, I looked like I was going to yeah. get fed to the wolves. I was like, this is... Yeah, wrestling fans are some <laughs> of the most intense fans. Yelling at you, yeah. like, Especially calling... Especially then me. in the 90s. Oh. It was like, yeah crazy when people still like there's still that half belief that it was real yeah <laughs> like like the yeah the gimmick wasn't fully you know the kayfabe is what they call it, wasn't uh it still existed at the time yeah that's uh a pretty cool experience i imagine um, yeah. all of them um 
and going on the night and the '90s theme still actually, because again, I was in my research. I noticed you guys do a lot of Big Shiny Tunes nights. Well, that's what our '90s night is called. It's called okay. Big Shiny Dwayne, which it's we play some songs from Big Shiny Tunes, but it really is just a. Uh, a title that allows us to just kind of do 90s right. whatever we want it's, and it, those are our 90s shows yeah. okay it's funny because I always tell people when they say you know outside of when they say like where did you get your music taste from or whatever and outside of my, my parents having good taste I always say I had good taste because I grew up on Big Shiny Tunes Cameron Crowe films and Tony Hawk video games there you go yeah, yeah. and uh, it's crazy there's certain songs or, that I associate more with big shiny tunes than I do with yeah. the actual album that's on. Well, and it's all nostalgia, and those nights are are always so fun because they are, you know, we play songs that hopefully when people are there they say, I forgot how much I love, love this song. Yeah. Rather than a song that it's like, oh yeah, obviously you're gonna play this song. Right. We, we want right. to find those where it's like, oh my, I, and then and then it makes you remember where you were at that time. Yeah. And you can't quite describe it, but you've just been transported back like a smell or something. It's music and the. The nostalgia it brings is so poignant and, yeah. and, and potent. Of course. It's amazing. It's one of the most powerful tools in any kind of art, mm -hmm. is, is nostalgia. Um, okay, well, before we wrap this up, I guess I just wanted to ask, too, like, is what, what are you listening to at the moment? What were, what were some of your favorite songs or albums of, of 2017? That was the dog, not us, yeah. <laughs> Arthur's <laughs> trying to get his, his two cents in here. Um, it's funny, because I don't... You know, other than my friends' bands, like, you know, Weaves and Always and, and the Arkells, and I'm always listening to what they're putting out, I'm, I'm not really seeking new music as much as some people do. I mean, my partner, Lisa, she introduces me to all the new music okay. that I hear. You know, like, um, Angel Olsen and, um, oh, there's so many artists that she listens to that I get to hear around the Forever. house. Okay. But I'm so busy combing through the 60s, 70s, and 80s for right, Dwayne, for that I'm always <laughs> listening to classic rock and, and new wave and and through the 90s with good grunge and, and all these things that I'm just rediscovering songs that I didn't know before, but I should probably spend more time listening to what is coming out these days. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Well, again, thank you again for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks um, for having me. Absolutely. Is there anything that you want to wrap up anything that you're going to be releasing or uh, upcoming shows that well we're heading out we're doing this horseshoe thing um after a little u.s run that we're doing so okay. we're playing uh, in a bunch of cities for the first time um pittsburgh lancaster um, chicago detroit and then we're revisiting buffalo and and new york and london ontario um so that's exciting we're probably going to be doing more of that in the foreseeable future yeah. Um, and then you know we'll be we'll probably be doing our '90s show again at the Phoenix this year. Right. And uh, yeah, it's a it's an exciting year for the band where we're taking on a lot of new challenges and we're uh, excited to see uh, where it's all going to go. That's great. Well, thanks again, and uh, hope to have you back on again. Yeah, for sure. Soon. Thanks for having me. Adamantium.